0: Outside my window There's peace inside And that's why I
1: Gospel of Mary is a throbbing enthusiasm for becoming a true human being. The good news is not in escaping one's human identity, but in embracing it. The Gospel of Mary's invitation to clothe oneself with the perfect human breaks out of both secular cynicism and Christian condemnation, allowing people to see their humanity not as cursed or meaningless, but as powerful, In good. Welcome
2: to the Feast of Mary Magdalene.
3: We especially would like to thank her for joining us today. (laughs) Uh, The service will have some things that are a little bit different uh, today. Uh, Following the communion, we're going to do an anointing and um, how that will work is that you'll come, take communion, and then you'll go over here um, where you could receive the anointing.
1: And it'll just be, um, Carrie and I will be standing over here. We'll each have the oil, and um, it, it'll just be on your palm. Uh, so, and I'll talk more about that soon.
3: Okay, and also we will be doing a responsive reading, which I don't know if we've ever done that before. And if you might have that, if you don't have it, John can give you a copy of it if you need. Please join me now in the responsive reading of the Song of Solomon, chapter eight, verses six through seven. Place me as a seal upon your heart,
2: for love is as strong as death,
3: its ardor as unyielding as the grave,
2: it burns like a blazing fire,
3: like a mighty flame,
2: many waters cannot quench love,
3: rivers cannot wash it away.
0: Oh, Mary, don't you leave. got to it, oh, Mary, don't you weep. Let's try that together once. Oh, Mary, don't you weep, don't mourn. Oh, Mary, don't you weep, don't mourn. Pharaoh's army got to round it, oh, Mary, don't you weep. And you'll know that that part is coming because I will say once before uh, the chorus comes, oh, Mary, don't you weep. That'll be your cue to join in. Do we normally stand when we sing? I'm so disoriented. Let's all stand and sing this song together. Uh, uh, You know, uh, you're not going to know what to do with your hands, I guess, without that booklet in it. But we'll figure it out. Well, if I could, I surely would stand on the rock where Moses stood. Pharaoh's army got around round it. Oh, Mary, don't you weep. Two, three, four. Oh, Mary, don't you weep. Don't mourn. Oh, Mary, don't you weep. Don't mourn. Pharaoh's army got around round it. Oh, Mary, don't you weep. Well, Mary wore three lengths of chain on every link. Jesus' name, Pharaoh's army got to round it. Oh, Mary, don't you weep. Everybody! Whoa Mary, don't you weep, don't mourn. Whoa Mary, don't you weep, don't mourn. Pharaoh's army got to round it. Oh, Mary, don't you weep. Well, old Mr. Satan, he got bad. Missed that soul that he thought he had Pharaoh's army got to round it Oh, Mary, don't you weep Oh, Mary, don't you weep, don't mourn Oh, Mary, don't you weep, don't mourn Pharaoh's army got to round it Oh, Mary, don't you weep Well, one of these nights about 12 o'clock this old world is gonna rock Pharaoh's army got around it Oh Mary, don't you weep Oh Mary, don't you weep, don't mourn Oh Mary, don't you weep, don't mourn Pharaoh's army got around it Oh Mary, don't you weep where Moses stood on the Red Sea shore And he smoked that water with a two-by-four Pharaoh's army got to round it Oh, Mary, don't you weep Oh, Mary, don't you weep, don't mourn Oh, Mary, don't you weep, don't mourn Pharaoh's army got to round it Oh, Mary, don't you weep now brothers and sisters don't you cry there'll be good times by and by pharaoh's army got to round it. oh mary don't you weep oh mary don't you weep don't mourn oh mary don't you weep don't mourn pharaoh's army got to round it. oh mary don't you weep God gave no other rainbow sign. He said, no more water but fire next time. Pharaoh's army got to round it. Whoa, Mary, don't you weep One more time. Whoa, Mary, don't you Don't go. No Mary, don't you Don't no Pharaoh's army got to round it. Whoa.
2: Please join me in the prayer of invocation. God of mercy, help us know that you are present. Feel your breath in us, that we can breathe it out with some confidence that we are animated by your love, that we can rest and act in mercy, make love our preoccupation, amen. The peace of Christ be with you. Let's pass the peace.
4: Kadosh, kadosh 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 Adonai Sevaut Kadosh Kadosh Kadosh, kadosh Adonai Sevaut Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh Adonai Sevaot Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh Adonai Sevaot Kadoshka, kadoshka, kadosh, Adonai, seva u. Kadoshka, kadoshka, kadosh, kadosh, Adonai. Yeah,
2: to join me now in the prayers of community. God of mercy, help us act as your beloveds, loyal to mercy, awake to the capacity you have given us as humans to love and desire, to desire compassion, justice, food, water, the well-being of the world. Free us to lavish one another with attention and love passionately in the spirit of Mary Magdalene. God in your mercy. God of mercy, thank you for these bodies that keep us alive, the senses that make life worth living. Increase our capacity for sight, our ways of seeing, our ability to hear and taste, and smell, and heal. God, in your mercy, we ask forgiveness for the church, how the institution has so often treated women as less than human. God, in your mercy, we ask for forgiveness for all the moments we take life and our senses for granted, forgetting to be stunned by creation. Keep drawing us further away from the forces of death, unconscious life, grasping for what could never sustain us. God, in your mercy, we have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. Forgive us for what we have done and left undone. Hear our confessions now as we pause for silence. You lavish us with love and your mercy is infinite. Thank you. Amen. With
0: well, ain't no grave gonna hold my body down, ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Hear that trumpet sound, gonna get up out the ground, ain't no grave Gonna hold my body down. Let's try that together once. One, two, three. there ain't no grave. Gonna hold my body down. Ain't no grave. Gonna hold my body down. Hear that trumpet sound. Gonna get up out of the ground. Ain't no grave. Gonna hold my body down. Perfect. Well look way down the river and What do you think I see? I see a band of angels And they're coming after me Ain't no grave Gonna hold my body down Ain't no grave Gonna hold my body down Hear that trumpet sound Better get up out the ground Ain't no grave Hold my body down Look down yonder, Gabriel Put your feet on the land and see. But Gabriel, don't you blow your trumpet Until you hear from me Ain't no great Hold my body down Ain't no great Gonna hold my body down Hear that trumpet sound? Better get up out the ground. Ain't no great, gonna hold my body down. Well, meet me, Jesus, meet me, meet me in the middle of the air. And if these wings don't fail me, I'll meet you anywhere. Ain't no. Hold my body down Ain't no grip Gonna hold my body down Hear that trumpet sound Better get up out the ground Ain't no grip Gonna hold my body down Well, meet me, mother and father Meet me down the river road Mama, you know I'll be there when I check in my load. Ain't no grave, gonna hold my body down. Ain't no grave, gonna hold my body down. Hear that trumpet sound. Better get up out the ground. Ain't no grave.
5: A reading from the Gospel of Mary. Will matter then be destroyed or not, the Savior said. All natures, all forms, all creatures exist in and with one another, and they will be resolved again into their own roots for the nature of matter is released into the roots of its nature. Let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Peter said to him, Since you have explained everything to us, tell us one other thing. What is the sin of the world? The Savior said, There is no sin but it is you who make sin when you do the things that are like the nature of adultery, which is called sin. That is why the good came into your midst, coming to the good, which belongs to every nature, in order to restore it to its root. Then he continued, he said, this is why you became sick and die, for you love what deceives you, One who understands, let him understand. Matter gives birth to a passion that has no likeness because it proceeds from what is contrary to nature. Then there arises a disturbance in the whole body. Because of this I said to you, you shall become satisfied and not be persuaded. You shall be joined in the presence of the likeness of nature let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. The inspired word of the gospel of Mary. Thanks be to God.
1: Hi, everyone. Thanks for being here tonight. And whoever's listening or watching in any way that you are, um, when Angel said what she said about how dense and mystical, the Gospel of Mary is. It reminded me of this quote, so I had to look it up, and so I'm going to read it to you. (laughs) Um, There always seems to be something more, something deeper, something I can't quite hear or understand, like a powerful dream that's just fading before I can remember the details, or a word that sits on the tip of the tongue without finding its way into the open air. Mary Magdalene holds a mystery that is always one step deeper into the veil of mists, one more curtain to encounter, one more step into the wilderness. So who was Mary Magdalene? This is a question that's been asked and answered in a thousand ways since the beginning of the Jesus movement. In the canonical sources, like the Gospels, the Acts of the Apostles, the Letters of Paul, they reflect the socio-political, religio-spiritual context and concerns of the times and places in which they were written. Including the beliefs about the places of women in the world and the power of men um, and a lot of the other things that we talk about here at House of Mercy pretty often. (laughs) And yet, against all odds of the ancient world to erase women's voices and power, Mary Magdalene is explicitly described as the first witness to the resurrection and the one who was commissioned by Jesus to tell the others. There are also the apocalypse sources, the Gospels of Thomas, Philip, and Mary, the four books of the Pistis Sophia, and the three books of the Odes of Solomon, amongst many others. Mary speaks boldly as a visionary and with superior understanding, with a voice that is powerful, consistent, and courageous in many, but not all, of these other sources. It's likely that the stories of Mary reflect not just one person, which is actually true of the canonical Gospels and the Apostles also. In the meticulously researched and brilliantly written The Resurrection of Mary Magdalene, Legends, Apocrypha, and the Christian Testament, which I wouldn't suggest as the first book you read about Mary Magdalene, Um, (laughs) very dense, Um, Jane Schaeberg says, Through centuries of Christian literature, she has been ignored, labeled, replaced, conflated, diminished, and openly opposed. But she has always also been utilized, unsilenced, rediscovered, and resurrected, living again in new legends, ideals, and fantasies. Stories abound of the travels and teachings of the early apostles and the followers of Jesus including those named in the canonical and non-canonical Christian sources, as well as the testaments of other religious and secular communities. Letters to communities, travels to far-flung places, martyrdom narratives, and so on. One of the stories about Mary, and there's debate about which Mary this is, um, but it's often attributed to Mary Magdalene, is her role in anointing Jesus. While the canonical Gospels differ in the details and timing of the event, she's criticized harshly in all of them for wasting the oil. In Mark, Jesus says, after the the criticism of her, um, Jesus says, Leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, and whenever you want, you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Well, you see how that worked out. (laughs) So anointing and the ritual that we're gonna do tonight, is uh, a spiritual practice that's pretty much done throughout the world in all different spiritual traditions um, religions uh, cultures uh, throughout time and um, people anoint with water people anoint with ashes people anoint with oil um, and and all kinds of different things Um, and you know john the baptist said um, that he was baptizing or anointing with water, and the one to come would be baptizing or anointing with the Spirit. And so anointing has um, uh, many different spiritual significances and it's typically about a marking um, or or a, an intentionality, like saying this is an intentional time where, where we are stopping, we're pausing, and we're gonna notice this very important Right or signifier of passage that's happening, and passage it could be an arrival like a birth or a baptism, um, it could be a departure um, like uh, going off to college or uh, I remember when um, my uh, my daughter and the twins who are all the same age were going into kindergarten we did a ritual about starting school, and we had the fire, and we did anointing, and of course, we made some more, so it got very messy. Um, but it was really about that passage, um, and, and saying this thing is over, and this thing is beginning, and right now we're in the in-between. And so the in-between is the anointing. So the oil and the herbs used in our in, for our anointing tonight, is um, I just used olive oil, and partially because olive oil would have been uh, available at the time of the stories of Jesus and Mary and and the rest. Uh, And I used from my garden uh, three different herbs, and they're in the vase right here on the little altar that we have. And the herbs that I use are lavender, and lavender is used in many different cultures for calm and uh, a, a presence, a calm presence, um, for peace. Um, that's why you find it in the little eye bags for sleeping. Um, and so that's, so that's one of the herbs. Um, the second herb is Russian sage. Um, and I use Russian sage because I like the smell of it better than some of the other sages that I grow. Um, but, but sage is um, frequently used for stability and, and grounding. <clears throat> and then the third herb that I use is rosemary. And rosemary is frequently included in, um, tinctures or anointings or medicine as a protection. Uh, rosemary oil actually has anti-antibiotic properties. Um, and so rosemary oil put on, uh, you know, sores or those kinds of things, um, have been, has been used for an antibiotic forever. So it's, so it signifies protection. Um, and one of the things, some people heard my Mary, the other Mary, one of the other Marys, Mary the mother of Jesus, um, you know, and I always used to say, kind of to piss people off, but um, that um, what was the mother of, if Jesus was God, then what was Mary, the mother of God, but a goddess? Um, a lot of people didn't like when I said that, um, which didn't bother me at all. Um... Uh, but one of the things that I really love about um, some of my favorite statues of Mary is that she's standing with her hands outstretched like this. Um, and in many healing traditions um, and in, uh, in Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese medicine um, and other systems where they talk a lot about energy, the palms of the hand um, are a place where there is significant energy and spiritual like a spiritual force and so much healing um, in some pentecostal traditions um in the shakers and some other traditions it's a laying on of hands Um, and that's because the palms of the hands have significance and so sometimes uh we we need to like we use our hands for all kinds of other things too um and I think sometimes, uh, you know, symbolically, I think um, the, things that I, the things that I do with my hands kind of get into the, to the worship of idols, um, <laughs> you know, uh, like buying things and, um, you know, other things like that. And so sometimes we need to, for me, it's kind of a cleansing. Um, and so an opening the palms of our hands. Um, and so that's what we decided to do with the anointing tonight is you can, uh, you can just put out your hand and um, we'll just put a little dab of the oil on there. Um, and feel free to participate or not. Um, with anything. Uh. <laughs> so another story told about Mary after the resurrection um, is it was, it was widely believed that she was a woman of great wealth. Um, and she came from the town of Magdalene, which is in, in current Palestine is the town of Migdal. Um, <clears throat> and so the story went that she traveled to see Tiberius Caesar, basically to dress him down about how Pilate treated Jesus. Uh, And as she was talking to him, she also proclaimed the resurrection and uh, brought an egg with her uh, because in many ancient traditions all over the world and across time, an egg is a symbol of new life, of course. And so she brought an egg with her to, to signify the resurrection. And Tiberius said, um, a resurrection is just as likely as that egg turning red. And of course, what happened was the egg in Mary's hand turned red. In the, in the Eastern Orthodox traditions, uh, this is this is where the pysanky comes from. Um, and at Easter time, the deep red eggs. Um, that comes from the tradition of that story about Mary Magdalene. So for our feast tonight, I brought hard-boiled eggs. Um, And I did, I didn't, I didn't dye them red, uh, but I did get the brown ones, so it's close. And who knows, maybe by the end. (laughs) So it's, it's actually quite impossible to be certain about past events, no matter what people have told you. Um, Meanings and intentions Just shift and change. This is true even if we're looking at a day or a month or a year ago, during a time in history where the world in in the world right now, where where facts are recorded constantly. I mean, we're recording us right now, right? Um, But those facts are still regularly argued vociferously and constantly. So It's really not possible, no scholar, no historian, teacher, preacher, mother or neighbor can be objective, as in the Western scientific ideal. For every single one of us, what we see depends upon where we stand, and where we stand depends in large part on who we are and where we're from. The Gospel of Mary and other writings deemed heretical represent the divisions in the early church about the nature of human beings, the nature of God, the nature of prophecy, and the path to something beyond this physical form, whether that is while we're in the physical form or after death. These writings also reflect the socio-political religious context, which included ideas about and oppression around gender, ethnicity, poverty, and many other things. So Mary Magdalene clearly represents women's prophetic power in places of leadership, both inside and outside the Christian Testament. The difference in what we see is how that power is remembered, how it's evaluated, and how it's managed. So the Gospel of Mary was probably written most, well, I was gonna say most scholars, but um, most scholars who think about and read, the Gospel of Mary, and and other texts like that, um, agree that it was probably written during the second century CE, Common Era, and and is contemporaneous with the Gospels of John, otherwise known as the Fourth Evangelist, um, and Philip. So when we think about looking at scriptures, whatever scriptures they are, or we think about looking at a, a very important cultural text, um, we want to say, well, why is it even that we're doing this? And it's one of the things that I love about coming here at House of Mercy, because we ask that question a lot. <clears throat> Helmut Koster, in The Future of Early Christianity, which was written in the early 90s, remarks, Interpretation of the Bible is justified only if it is a source for political and religious renewal. If the Bible has anything to do with justice and freedom, biblical scholarship must be able to question those very structures of power and expose their injustice and destructive potential. For me, this is true of all scriptural and historical study, and it's true to my experience of the theology here at House of Mercy. At the beginning of the scripture that Marie read for us, we heard, the Savior said, all natures, all forms, all creatures exist in and with one another, and they will be resolved again into their own roots, for the nature of matter is released into the roots of its nature. And then at the very end, Because of this I said to you, you shall become satisfied and not be persuaded. You shall be joined in the presence of the likeness of nature. Both the first sentence and the last sentence I just read are followed by the phrase, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Which is a very intentional way of telling the listener, pay attention. This is especially important. It was kind of like when I was uh, teaching doctoral students and every once in a while I would say, write this down. <laughs> this is important. So the, the reading at the beginning of the service, from, which is from the New New Testament, uh, which was uh, put together by Hal Tussig. the good news is not in escaping one's human identity, but in embracing it. The Gospel of Mary's invitation to clothe oneself with the perfect human breaks out of both secular cynicism and Christian condemnation, allowing people to see their humanity not as cursed or meaningless, but as powerful and good. I think the beginning of this Gospel invokes a central principle for some of the early communities. The first principle was that all of nature is connected and of the same substance which is a terrible word, really, because substance isn't really necessarily what they were talking about. Um, In in the 21st century, we we have quantum physics, and it's an understanding that you can't really use the word substance when you're talking about quantum physics. You can't even really use any of the words that we have in physics to describe what quantum physics is. And so we stumble along, and we reach into the void, and we try to keep understanding it, but it's pretty elusive. But in our understanding of quantum physics, as limited as it is, uh, there is a place where all possibilities are always possible. Where many things can be true at the same time. And they have actually recorded a particle, which again is a bad word, because it's not really a particle, um, can literally exist in two places at the same time. And so it calls into question our ideas about form and substance and solidity and even time and place. I like to say to my students, Sometimes when I'm trying to explain to them uh, uh, living from a place where you really actually move from, a, from the place that more than one thing can be true at the same time, even if it, you don't know how, <laughs> even if it doesn't seem like they could. And so if we just look at this thing right here, um, it has a name It's a lectern. It has a form and a function, and we would call it solid wood. And at the exact same time, it is also 100% true on the quantum level that there is no difference between what we call a lectern and my hands, and myself, and the air, and all of you. And so it's fascinating to me that one of the bases of this early community in the Gospel of Mary is Jesus saying all natures, all forms, all creatures exist in and with one another. Another one of the, uh, I think, central principles of the early communities is that humans are not somehow better or worse than the rest of the created world. (laughs) Because that was something that, that was really debated a lot in, in those times. So are humans born good or are they born bad? Um, and in, in the Gospel of Mary, the idea is that we're not better than, than other parts of the created world and we're not worse than the rest of the created world. We have goodness in and of ourselves, but that doesn't make us better. <laughs> I used to work with someone, uh, a client many, many years ago, who used to say, "It's not a good thing or a bad thing; it's just a thing thing." <laughs> and a, another one of the central principles from some of these early communities that sometimes are called gnostic is that the physical form can be at best unrepresentative of the true nature of a being. And at worst, deceptive, or used as a tool of dominance and oppression. So, so Mary Magdalene is of the mad woman in Christianity's attic Um, you know and and I mean angry mad (laughs) she was hidden there because of an open and not fully appreciated secret and its implications at Christianity's core which is that the male disciples fled and the women did not And there's all kinds of different reasons why that may be so. The women had a lot less to lose. In some ways, probably only their lives. So perhaps understanding who Mary Magdalene is or was can help us to stay and to not turn away. I think the Gospel of Mary calls us to stay grounded in What I think of as the, in, the invigorating, stubborn moments of struggling against multiple aspects of oppression, while at the same time against our own self-righteousness. So in this year of practice at House of Mercy, what, what, are, what are we gonna practice? I'm gonna continue to acknowledge My positionalities and perspectives, and remember to try to keep standing fully human, in dignity, and with acknowledged grace, and a practice humility. And for me, humility is well. The root is the root of the word humility is from the word humus which means earth and so the word humility is about standing firmly on the earth with nothing interfering and being able to see what's true so not false humility where everything there's nothing good about you (laughs) and not false pride where there's nothing bad about you (laughs) So true humility, to me, is the understanding and the belief and standing with that every single one of us has gifts and strengths. And at the same time, right there, we all have vulnerabilities. And so it's the standing with our gifts and our vulnerabilities right there together. I think that's fully human. So this practice that I'm going to be doing or continuing to do is a commitment in community to live in the world that I want to be in. There's a a Broadway musical that's pretty recent um, That um, is about um, it's uh no see, I just forgot the name of it, and i could I could sing every song, but I can't tell you the name of the musical <laughs> but it's about um, Orpheus and Persephone. thank you. I knew he would do that that's why I said that um, so um that in Hades' town, one of the things that they do is um, it's it's also the story of um, Persephone and Hades. And when Persephone comes up to the top of the world, that's when the flowers bloom and the spring comes, and the spring and the summer. And then she returns down to Hades to live. The and this is an ancient Greek myth. And so. In that play, they they sing a song and one of the lines is that they raise a glass to the world they dream about and the one we live in now. So I invite you to share in this meal, in this anointing, in this community in whatever way that feels right to you
0: i've got two hands i want to clap my hands together i've got two legs i want to dance to heaven's door i've got one heart i'm gonna fill it up with jesus and i ain't gonna think about trouble anymore One more time I've got two hands I'm gonna clap my hands together I've got two legs I wanna dance to heaven's door I've got one heart I'm gonna fill it up with Jesus And I ain't gonna think about trouble anymore Well now, this old world Sometimes it does get lonesome, and many a grown man has hung his head and cried down in your soul. There's one who won't desert you. Ain't it fine to have the Savior by your side? Here we go. I've got two hands. Won't clap my hands together. together. I've got two legs. I want to dance to heaven's door I have got one heart I'm gonna fill it up with Jesus And I ain't gonna think about trouble anymore Now the Lord resides Inside a house of golden And faith is the door And love is the key And warmth is the light Shining through the windows And that light, my friend It shines on you and me I've got two hands I want to clap my hands together I've got two legs I want to dance to heaven's door I've got one heart gonna fill it up with jesus and i ain't gonna think about trouble anymore when the wind blows out on that faithful morning and i close my eyes and fly my body home i don't want my friends to cry no tears about me i'll be bathing in the glory of the lord i've got two hands i want to clap my hands together i've got two legs i want to dance to heaven's door i've got one heart I'm going to fill it up with Jesus and I ain't going to think about trouble anymore.